my name is Courtney Francis and this is The Countdown. So the way this show works is pretty simple. Each episode I'll probably count down five different topics for two to five minutes each topic. So I may go over, I may not go over. It's just kind of where the spirit leads, but I'm trying to give myself a time limit so I don't ramble on. Um, Anyways, some of the episodes are themed, while others are just random collection or assortment of topics. And I'll give my opinion, I'll bring some facts, I'll critique general discussion, verbal processing of all the things that are happening. Um, with that being said, today's episode is about politics. It's that time of year, and I think it's important that we not only know who we're voting for, but kind of what's going on in the process and how the whole system kind of works. So I want to start this by saying that I am no political expert. I simply have my MacBook Pro and Google and I do a lot of searching. I read a lot of different websites. I check out a lot of different articles and journals. Um, Not all of them are left-wing. Some of them are right-wing just because I want to know what's going on on both sides of the spectrum. But um, without further ado, we're going to start the countdown now with politics. So number five, what's happening this month? Um, I think it's really important that we take things month by month and we try to figure out what's going on. It's the easiest way to digest this whole process because let's be real, the government and how it runs is a pretty intense learning topic. So if you don't have a lot of time trying to get gain an understanding of the whole entire system in one sitting is pretty tough. So today, we're just going to focus on what's going on in the month of February. So for the month of February, Iowa caucuses are happening. Iowa caucus happens at the beginning of February. Um, It's typically the beginning of February or the end of January, but it's one of the first sort of numbers gathering place for us to figure out who is our potential candidate for the Democratic Party. Um, That happens, depending on when you listen to this, Monday, February 3rd, and we'll probably see the results, if not the night of February 3rd, um, the next day. So I would say, or not, what is today? Is today the second or the third? Anyways, if you don't hear it the night of Monday, February 3rd, you will for sure, or no, second, sorry. I keep saying third, I mean second. Good thing I have a timer because this is what I was talking about in regards to rambling. Anyways, Monday, February 2nd or 3rd is when the Iowa caucuses happen. Yep, it's the third. It is the third. (laughs) Um, Anyways, the presidential debate, the next one for just the Democratic candidates at least, is Friday, February 7th at 8 p.m. on NBC. So you can actually send in questions to NBC to get your question, I guess, read, perhaps. I think it depends on how many questions they get. But you can, and sorry, it's not on NBC, it's on ABC. You can look at, you can email them at abc.news.political.unite at abc.com. First off, that's really long. But again, it's abc.news.political.unite at abc.com. 
So you can send an email to them, submit any questions that you may have, and you might hear it on the debate stage. Um, and then another really important thing happening this month is the presidential impeachment trial. Last week in January, voting, um, the last week of January, we voted on whether or not to have witnesses. Monday, February 2nd, or 3rd, to, sorry, today's the 3rd. Ooh, I'm doing bad with dates. Um, but today was closing statements, and then closing arguments will then resume February 4th. And so then Congress will wait for a week and then start sharing their opinions and kind of talking through this impeachment process. Um, I'm not sure if you really know how impeachment works, but I'm going to give you a quick run through, right? So the announcement of the formal impeachment inquiry starts in the House of Representatives. So there's the House of Representatives and then there's the, the Senate. So Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, announces the formal impeachment inquiry, which is like the investigation. Then there's a formal inquiry by a House Intelligence Committee. That was Adam Schiff. It was comprised of 13 Democrats, nine Republicans. It's really important to note that the House has more Democrats than Republicans. So then deciding on whether or not to draft articles of impeachment is what comes next. And that comes through the House Judiciary Committee, where there was 24 Democrats and 17 Republicans. Now, the House Judiciary Committee then, after a vote, of, uh, drafts articles of impeachment, and then the House debates each article of impeachment on the floor. And then you vote on each article of impeachment. impeachment. So the full House has 233 Democrats, 197 Republicans. So there's a, there's a huge difference in the, 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 rep, the House of Representatives and the Senate. And so the, Repub the House of Representatives voted yes on the Articles of Impeachment, and as a result, Trump is then impeached. That's how it works, right? So then the impeachment moves to the Senate. So Nancy Pelosi takes the paperwork to the Senate. Then there's a whole trial in front of the Senate that's overseen by the Chief Justice of the United States, which is John G. Roberts Jr., um, look him up, learn about him, some interesting stuff and thoughts. But the Senate acts as the jury. So the president gets to have his lawyers, the, the House of Representatives brings their lawyers, the Senate um, acts as the juries as each side argues their case. So where we're at right now in the process, oh my goodness, time is running out, is the Senate trial. So we need 67 votes to convict President Trump um, and remove him from office. And by we, I just mean like the United States Senate. However, there are 53 Republicans and 45 Democrats and two independents because there's 50 senators, right? So um, anyways, um, we need 67 votes to have a conviction. So that's two thirds of the Senate have to vote to convict. If they do, he's removed. If we don't have two thirds vote, then the threshold's not met, Trump remains in office. And so we've seen this with someone that you probably are aware of, which is Bill Clinton. Um, he was acquitted. Also, it's important to note that during his trial, it was a majority Democratic Senate Whereas right now, we have a majority Republican Senate. So that means we need more 
Republicans to decide to vote for impeachment for Trump than what we have, essentially. So we're looking at who is going to vote yes or no. It's looking pretty bipartisan. Ultimately, there are only a few Republican senators who Democrats are hoping to join their side, two of them being um, Lisa Markowski from Alaska and Lamar Alexander from Tennessee. Both of them have stated that they think that what Trump did was wrong. And just for context, he's being impeached because he's accused of withholding aid from Ukraine in exchange for information about the, pre the, the presidential election, essentially. That's like the short story of it. Um, and so these two senators were some people that Democrats were hoping would join their ranks. Um, they proved that they probably won't because they voted no against adding witnesses to the trial, um, which there's a lot of different things about that that we could kind of go through. But ultimately, it's looking more like we might see more Democrats switch sides in this impeachment trial than we would see Republicans switch sides on this impeachment trial. But, you know, here we are. That's that. Anyways, that's my time. So we're going to move on to number four. What are caucuses? So all 50 states have either a primary or a caucus. Um, only about six states, I think, have a caucus. So some states have both the primary and a caucus, but right now I'm pretty sure that it's just Iowa, Nevada, um, Kansas, North Dakota, Wyoming, and Maine. Those are the six states that have caucuses. Um, and so for context, a primary is when you go, you do a secret ballot type thing, you vote for who Dem on the Democratic ticket, you want to represent the Democratic side, or you go on the Republican ticket and you vote who you want to be your Republican nominee, essentially. Um, in this election, it's pretty simple. There's only three people running for the Republican side. So I'm pretty sure the Iowa caucuses for the Republican side will be determined it was Donald Trump because he's the major front runner of that party. And then Democrats, we have a couple of candidates that we're still trying to determine between. So how the caucuses really work is they're another way of figuring out kind of um, who we want to be our president. Um, and so essentially what it looks like is that in order to do this, you have to be 18 by the time voting comes around. So if in November you will be 18, you can totally go caucus. So that means if you're 17 years old, you get to participate in caucuses. Um, and you have to be registered with either a Democratic Party or a Republican Party. Um, and they do have same-day registrations available for folks. So if you're in one of those states, you could definitely jump on the caucus bandwagon. But it's really interesting because you kind of have to be in the building where it's happening before like 7.45 a.m. to be a part of the caucus. And a lot of times um, there are different locations that you can go to. But for Iowa specifically, since that's the one that's happening um, Monday, February 3rd, there are a total of 1,679 precincts 
that have to come together to caucus. And the Democratic Party in Iowa is also trying to hold satellite caucuses so that people who are out of state for the time being or not as mobile have the opportunity to like caucus as well. And so within the caucus, there's 41 delegates for up for grab. So an eight unpledged delegates, which are like super delegates from Iowa. We can get into that another time, but it's important to note that if you win the Iowa caucus, it means that you get a certain amount of delegates who are going to vote for you to be the Democratic Party nominee or the Republican Party nominee. Democratic caucuses and Republican caucuses look very different, right? So Democratic caucuses, it's this big room where people put on shirts for Bernie and Biden and Yang and they stand around and they like kind of verbally process who they want to vote for and then they move to different sides of the room based off of who they're feeling. Um, once you pick a side, you're locked in and a vote is taken. If your person, so let's say you pick Bernie, doesn't get 15% of the vote, then Bernie's no longer a part of this caucus and you now have to pick a new person to join their team. And that's how it works till we find who the majority winners are. Um, so each candidate has to get at least 15% of the cauc caucus vote in order to like be a part of the vote essentially. Um, so it's a really interesting concept. If you ever get a chance to Google this or look it up on YouTube, you'd be pretty intrigued with how um, it works. Like you're physically moving from one side of the room to the other. People are wearing Bernie shirts and Biden shirts and cheering for one another. It's, um, it's pretty interesting. Um, but what's really important to know that I think is it's the Iowa caucus has not predicted who the president of the United States is. Um, so it's not really 100% telling of who's going to win the Democratic nomination. It's really just telling us who the candidates are that are kind of falling in the wayside that people are starting to kind of forget about. Um, also, it's really important to note that Iowa is like 90% white. So the people who are turning out for this are essentially um, not representative of the Democratic Party and maybe not representative of the wide spectrum of views on the Democratic stage currently. Um, we can get into the diversity on the stage right now in a little bit, but it's really important to note that Iowa caucuses um, no longer seem to be the most fitting judgment of how a candidate is doing. And so no matter what the results are from this caucus, don't let it take you too much by surprise because there's still other primaries and other caucuses that have to happen. So, eh, it is what it is. Oh, and that's the timer for that topic. So we'll move on to number three. Who is still in the race? So I've spoken about all these candidates, right? Um, and all the things that they're currently doing or the caucuses and whatnot, but I don't think I talked about all of the candidates specifically. So we're going to break it down right now. So of the people who were in the race, so bear in mind, there were 27 candidates when we started this way back in June of this year. No, sorry, of last year. Sorry. 
Um, so there's 27, there were 27 candidates. Now there's 11. So we got Michael Bennett. He's the senator from Colorado. Um, he's 55 years old. I don't know if that really helps you get a gauge on anything, but there's that. Um, the, he is also in the U.S. Senate. Amy Klobuchar, she's also in the U.S. Senate. Um, she's a senator from Minnesota. Um, she's about 59 years old. And I don't know why I said about. She's definitely 59 years old. Um, and then Bernie Sanders, who is also a senator, but he's from Vermont. He is 78 years old, and he ran for president last election cycle. He lost the Democratic nomination to Hillary Clinton. It's also important to know that Bernie Sanders won the Iowa caucus um, last election cycle, but Hillary Clinton got the Democratic nomination. That's why I'm telling you, don't believe the Iowa caucus. It's, it's just a small determiner of what's to come. Anyways, Elizabeth Warren, she is a senator from Massachusetts. She is 70 years old. And then U.S. House, uh, we have one person with that's running from the U.S. House of Representatives, and that's Tulsi Gabbard. Um, she's from Hawaii's 2nd District. She is 38 years old, um, or 38 years young. I don't know. I'll stick with old since I said old for all the other candidates. Um, but she is a supporter of Bernie Sanders, and she supported him in the 2016 presidential debate or um, election against Hillary Clinton. Um... But yeah, she was also in the Army National Guard. There's a lot of information about all these candidates that I have that I don't mind sharing, but I'll keep I'll keep it pushing. Joe Biden, he used to be a senator. He's been in politics for a long, long time. He is actually formerly the vice president of the United States, and he is 77 years old. And then we have um, Deval Patrick. He was the former governor of Massachusetts. Um, he is 63 years old. He was also a two-term governor of Massachusetts and only the second African-American elected as governor in any state in the country. Big deal. Anyways, the two mayors that are in the race are Mike Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York, and then Pete Buttigieg, um, the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Mike Bloomberg is 77 years old. Um, he's like one of the newest folks to enter the the race and he has like raised the most money. It's it's insane. Anyways, and there's also this thing about him um, having prisoners make phone calls um, on behalf of his campaign. It's yeah, we it's fun. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg, um, 38 years old, and he's one of the youngest candidates um, along with Tulsi Gabbard. And then we have Tom Steyer a billionaire business executive and activist. He's 62 years old. And then we have Andrew Yang. He is the founder of Venture for America, and he's 45 years old. If you want to know about all of these candidates more in depth, I've written about a great deal of them, and I wouldn't mind sharing them with you. I also have them on my social media accounts. Um, and by social media accounts, I just mean Facebook. So I don't know why I made it seem like I had more. But um, there's a lot of interesting details about all of these candidates. I kind of took a break because they kept dropping out after I would write all this stuff about them. So as of right now, those are the 11 that we've got in the race so far. 
Um, what else to say about them? I don't know. That's it. And I'm a, I'm not short on time this time. Would you look at that? We're just going to go ahead and jump into number two, which is what is the election timeline? Um, and when I say what is the election timeline, I'm pretty much just saying what are the things that we need to be looking out for from now until November? Because hint, hint, November is the actual election. So um, February 3rd, Iowa caucuses, Democrats and Republicans vote in those. Um, February 7th is the 8th Democratic debate in New Hampshire. Um, it will be aired on ABC. So I don't know why I said NBC earlier. Sorry. Anyways, um, February 7th is that primary debate. Then February 11th is the New Hampshire primaries. Now, the New Hampshire primaries are, are kind of a big deal. They do typically show us who the front runners are. However, I'm sure we could find a lot of different articles and politi political um, news writers who say otherwise. But check those out. Um, then the ninth Democratic primary debate is going to happen February 19th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, it's going to be on NBC in conjunction with MSNBC. And then in February, 20, February 22nd is the Nevada caucus. So you can kind of see the debates are moving where the caucuses are happening. Um, Nevada is one of the biggest caucuses as well. So New Hampshire, Iowa, New Hampshire, Iowa and Nevada have really big caucuses. Um, only Democrats vote in that caucus. Um, the 10th Democratic primary debate is February 25th in Charleston, South Carolina. Now that's a big deal because considering that there aren't a lot of candidates of color that have been on the debate stage, not, not running, but like on the debate stage. So Yang and um, Patrick have not been on the debate stage these past debates. So it's strictly been white folks and they're debating in Charleston, South Carolina. So hopefully they'll start talking about some issues that are really um, important for people of color. And um, it's gonna be in the Gal Galeard Center in Charleston, South Carolina. The Congressional Black Caucus Institute will host the debate in conjunction with CBS News and Twitter. So that will be the debate where we get a lot of stuff about people of color knock on wood. February 29th, South Carolina primary, only Democrats vote. March 3rd, Alabama primaries, America's Samoa caucus, Arkansas primaries, California primaries, Colorado primaries, um, Maine primaries, Democrats abroad caucus, Massachusetts primaries, Minnesota primaries, North Carolina primaries, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia primaries, all happening March 3rd all happening March 3rd. Um, and then March 7th, Kentucky and Maine both caucus. And then March 8th, Puerto Rico has a primary. March 10th, Hawaii, Idaho, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Washington have their primaries. Um, March 12th, Virgin Islands, hey, represent, they have their caucuses. March 14th, District of Columbia Convention, Guam caucus, Northern Marianas, Wyoming County Convention. And then March 17th, Arizona, Florida, Illinois, Northern Marianas Convention, and Ohio primaries. March 24th, America Samoa, Georgia, Utah. 
and then March 29th, Puerto Rico primaries. And so we have a bunch of other primaries that happen from April 3rd through April 20th, well, really every month um, until we get to July. So in June 6th, there will be the Virgin Islands Caucus. Um, um, and then it's really important to note that in May 12th is the Nebraska primaries. But anyways, I'm jumping back to July. July is really, really important because that's the Democratic National Convention. It's happening in Milwaukee. That's when the country finds out the Democratic candidate. August 24th through 27th is also really important because that's when we find out who our Republican candidate is. That's a Republican National Convention. That's going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then on September 29th, that's when the first presidential debate will happen, like with both candidates. So typically, um, we've been looking on TV and just seeing like Democratic candidates debating, but September 29th is going to be both candidates face to face. Oh, that's the timer. I'm, I'm going to keep talking though. Um, October 7th is the vice presidential debate. It's going to be the first debate between the nominees for vice president. And let's be 100% real. It was quite comical um, when Obama was running for re-election. That Democratic debate, or that vice presidential debate, really set the tone for the entire rest of the race. Because quite frankly... President Obama didn't do too hot in that first debate that happened in September, but Biden kicked butt in that second debate, um, in that first vice presidential debate. Anyways, October 15th is another presidential debate, and then October 22nd is another presidential debate, and then da-da-da-da-da-da, November 3rd is election day. So I say all that to say there's a lot of things going on from now until November, which is election day. So the last thing, how can you get involved? So I am going to take a deep breath really quickly because all of those dates and things were a lot. Um, But I think that one of the ways that you can get involved is by doing this work yourself, right? Like listening to podcasts, Googling, reading articles, opening up newspapers, really clicking the articles that pop up on your timeline and investigating what these candidates are about and who they are. That is so important. The best decisions are informed decisions. So please, please, please make sure you're doing your research and checking these things out. The second thing that I will say is make sure that you're taking the time to listen to all sides of the argument. I get it. A lot of times our ideas and our views are pretty salient to who we are and our identity as a person. I know I as a Black woman have a lot of identities and a lot of values that I hold very dearly and are very salient to who I am as a woman um, and who I am as a person and a human being. And so it's going to be really hard for me to listen to someone else talk about things that go against what I believe are my values. However, in order to be informed, in order to truly understand what's happening, 
you got to look at all the arguments so that you can make the decision for yourself. Thirdly, I think it's kind of obvious, but maybe not so obvious. You have to be registered to vote. You can't vote if you're not registered. And let me tell you, they turn people away. I have seen people walk out of those lines, and I'm assuming it's not just because the line was too long, because they were at the front. So you have to be registered to vote. You also need to know the right location of where you can vote. I know a lot of times we just leave work or we step out of whatever we're doing just to make sure that we get in line to vote. But let me tell you right now, if you're not in the right place and if you are not registered, it's going to make that day extremely long. And getting registered on that day, the November 3rd, it's tough. Let me tell you. So get registered right now before any of these primaries start so that you can be able to vote. Then figure out where you need to vote. If you don't know where you need to vote, reach out to me and I will help you figure that out. Um, but make sure that you know where you're supposed to vote. And then obviously vote, right? Like your vote actually matters. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to understand that in the grand scheme of electoral college, delegates, super delegates, um, caucusing. Um, it's always really, really hard to see our place in all of that. But we have to understand that even if the candidate that you wanted to win the primaries didn't, you still need to vote because your lack of vote only adds to the volume of the votes on the other side. I don't know if that made 100% sense, but it made some sense to me. Also, considering the fact that even if you don't think that your vote matters, look at all the people who are affected by someone's vote. Like, just go and look at, go talk to people who have a different life and a different experience than you, who may not be as privileged as you, and think about how a vote in some shape or form has shaped in some part their life circumstances, whether it's better than yours or worse than yours or the same as yours. Um, and also thinking about the fact that it's not just these national elections that matter when it comes to voting, but local elections matter a lot, like a lot, a lot, because they directly impact you and the taxes you pay and the buildings that are constructed and the rights that your neighbors have versus don't have. So remember that voting is really, really important, whether you think it's going to make a huge ripple in the pond, it still adds up. The more votes one candidate gets, the more inclined an electoral vote is or a delegate vote is to go to that person. So we just gotta keep, we just gotta vote. We just have to. Um, anyways, that's pretty much it, how you can get it. Oh, also you can donate to a campaign. You may find a campaign that you're really invested in and you really want to help them win. You could also invest, if you don't want to give straight to a, oh wow, that's the time. You may not want to give directly to a candidate, which is 100% fine. Maybe give it to a super, give it to a pack of some sort that is invested in the issues that your candidates are interested in. Um, maybe if you don't want to give money to a candidate, volunteer your time. That's something that I did when I was in college, um, I volunteered my time to a campaign. And let's be honest, our time is money. And calling people, 
sent going door to door, um, talking, standing outside and passing out flyers. Those are all ways that you can support a candidate without giving your dollars. Um, just giving time to them and spreading the word. Even if you're just wearing a pin for one of the candidates, that's another way you can invest in that candidate. Um, it's really, really important for you to check out all of the candidates so you can figure out which ones you really want to be on board with. But ultimately, you getting involved is the best way to engage others because it means that you take this seriously and you care about the other people who are impacted by this process and by the votes and who becomes president versus who doesn't become president. I think that's about it for me. Um, I, again, am Courtney Francis, and if you want to reach out to me, feel free to send me an email at cbfrancis, like C and then B, Francis, F-R-A-N-C-I-S, 2012 at gmail.com, cbfrancis2012 at gmail.com, and let me know what you think.